This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Adam Scalina. And how are you doing, Corey? I'm great. I'm good. great. I haven't seen you since the, the photo shoot last we week. A big photo shoot. Yeah. There's uh, there's some good ones of you. I don't know if I say of me. Great ones of you, though. We, You know what? Here, here's a, here, we, we had three sites. This is Matt and I were joking about this. I heard. We said, Corey, can, we, <laughs> can you come to the photo shoot? Uh, we've got these three sites. Here's the time. You said I can come to one, not yeah. three. And I'll clarify <laughs> for the listeners that I wasn't, not that I didn't have the time of day. I was thinking, okay, I got one hour here, so I can either meet you over here and I'll do things earlier, or I can meet you earlier and I'll do those things later. So it wasn't a matter that I didn't want to hang out with you guys. Right. I just had, well, I, I had a block there I could put. So I'm kind of like, you tell me what where you want me and I'll make it work. My my favorite part about it though was Matt and I showed up in basically t-shirts and and jeans and uh, you you rolled in in like a three-piece suit. So the, the photos are, they're great, but they're a little jarring and uh, it's, clear, it's clear who's uh, in the higher income bracket. Well, I don't know if I'd say that. I, I knew you guys would show up kind of like Kitsilano Beach Bums. So I thought, yeah. I thought my, I, I have to kind of like... <laughs> The Spice Girl approach, right? Every there's there's a whole bunch of Spice Girls. They all got like a different thing. So I was going to be business spice that day. Yeah, Matt and I are garbage spice. So <laughs> this is uh, this is the way it works. But we've got a fantastic show today. I'm super excited. We we've known this guy for a very long time, and and happy yeah. happy to have him in our network. Jordan McDonald is on the program, yep. and he is the founder and CEO of Fabric, yep. major development company in the city that's kind of carving out a niche and in East Vancouver and, uh, and elsewhere, but really, really fantastic conversation with Jordan today. Yeah. Great. And, and we have him on the phone today. The last time we had him on way back when he was here in person. And I think don't want to say this for sure, but when we had him here in person last time for the listeners that obviously didn't see him, he shows up in a white t-shirt. He's got some <laughs> kind of casual jeans on. The guy looks like the sculpture of David. Okay. Yeah. Under the shirt. <laughs> Since that episode and not that, not that you had any weight to lose. Right. You, my friend, got in really, really good shape. So is it, can we say that maybe Jordan McDonald was the inspiration? I, that I think got he you was for Matt. 45? Yeah. And well, I'm just so competitive with yeah, Matt that, yeah. that, that I've been <laughs> trying well, to it, keep it, up. If that wasn't the inspiration, I called Matt Gumby that episode. Yeah, so it could have yeah. been one or the other. You know what? Uh, that was about a year. So uh, just to kind of uh, timestamp that, that was, when was that? That was episode 24? 20, Four, 14. 14. And we're now on 70. So that was a year and four weeks ago. Can you ago. believe that? No. It's a, a year flies by. I feel like he was uh, he was just on. So that's fa- it's fantastic. Fantastic to have him on. I always have so many takeaways whenever I talk to Jordan. Yeah. But again, this is this is no difference. If you're into real estate, if you if you're excited about the city of Vancouver and you want to get a general sense of what's happening for builders, home builders right now, this is a fantastic episode. We talk about interest rates, we talk about fees associated with developing, we talk about 
building costs and, yeah. and skyrocketing. We talk about the municipal election. We talk about kind of where the market's going. And then we talk about acquisitions right now yeah. and uh, what he's looking for and how he's pivoting and how he's trying to push forward. And it's uh, it's inspirational and it's a great conversation. Yeah, everyone thinks these developers just make nothing but boatloads of money and they're these big bad guys. And people don't understand I honestly don't know how a guy like Jordan, as busy as he is acquiring and dealing with the inflation and all that stuff, how he sleeps. Like, well, there's who a, has the stomach for that right yeah, now? Yeah, there's a lot of risk in that business. And it's it may not be as profitable as some people think it is, although it's very profitable done right, is there's a lot of ups and downs. And Jordan does a really good job kind of unpacking those challenges, how their business has pivoted, what does the future look like? And, you know, I mean, optimistic is a great word to describe it. And I, I echo everything Jordan says. That, you mean, there's some great opportunities that are out there now. You're going to find a way to make those happen. And you're going to fast forward a year from now. And you're going to be the smartest guy in the room. And and I, I love this too, as is if anyone's out there with, you know, a reno they're concerned about or a smaller <laughs> yeah, project, yeah, this yeah. is going to let you sleep yeah, at night. Yeah. So. If, if you're stressed because you can't find that faucet at Home Depot you've been looking for, <laughs> you wait to the end of this episode. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, without further ado, our conversation with Jordan McDonald, founder and CEO of Fabric. Enjoy, guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Alan, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Okay, so we're here with Jordan McDonald, founder and CEO of Fabric. How are you doing, Jordan? Very good. Very good. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, can you maybe start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I'm... Uh... I'm a Vancouver resident. I was I was born here and lived here most of my life, with the exception of a stint that I did in university um, out in London, Ontario. I uh, got into the real estate business shortly after graduating university, and uh, worked as a, a commercial real estate broker at Cushman and Wakefield for about five years. From there, I started a my own commercial real estate brokerage company, similar to what. Uh, what Corey has done and operated that for about five years is a company called Frontline Real Estate. And I sold that in 2015 and started up a company called Fabric that basically buys and develops land, uh, particularly in East Vancouver, for new multifamily and purpose-built rental development. Why, why real estate? Why real estate? It's a really good question. I, you know, I wish I could I wish I could kind of look back to a time in my life where, you know, I kind of just had this eureka moment and, you know, I was like still night from shoe dog where I just, <laughs> you know, I got the, I got the, the, the bug about shoes or real estate. And I was just absolutely obsessed with it from a, from a very young age, but that wasn't the case for me. I kind of, I kind of fell into it, I guess. I remember I was home one summer um, from university uh, in between semesters and uh, we had, I was I was still living with my parents at the time, and we had a neighbor move in next door. And um, that neighbor um, had invited our, our family over for a barbecue, and we were chatting. and And her name was Lenora Gates, and she asked me what I 
what I wanted to do um, with my life. And I, I, at the time, I didn't really have any direction. And she said, well, I think that you might be good in commercial real estate. And so she owned a small boutique commercial real estate brokerage. Um, and she said, I think that you should try it on. And why didn't I introduce you to some of the guys at CB Richard Ellis, because she used to work there, and try out an internship. So um, I went and met with them. And then the next summer, when I was back in town, um, I ended up landing uh, just a summer in- internship job with CB. And we were just out banging on doors and, and making phone calls and updating databases and stuff. But I just really liked the energy of it. And it was more the people, I guess, that kind of really attracted me to the business after that internship. And I just, I just loved the, the high energy of it. I loved that everybody was, was out there really working hard and trying to make it happen. And there are some good young people involved and a lot of mentorship. So I think it was really the people that got me into it. And then as my career sort of continued in that direction, I really came a little obsessed with the creative aspect of, of the business. And, and in particular, in real estate development, the creation of these buildings is really an art. And you can really get passionate about that. And it's the kind of thing that you just become obsessed with. You wake up in the morning thinking about the, the projects that you're working on and the minutiae of them and, and how you can make the, make the experience better for people in the community. And just like what a, what a holistic way of looking at like bettering a community. You can kind of just be passionate about that. So, you, you know, you, you're looking at the site and, you know, what can we build here and um, who like, who's, which businesses are going to be operating here and who's going to be living here and how can you optimize that? And why is that good for the community? So there's just so many pieces to it. And then, and then bringing then the people side of it is just such a, such an interesting thing. So I don't know, I guess that's kind of a, a long winded answer, but it was really the people that drew me to it. And then, and then just the, I can say the creative side of that mixed with the people is, is kind of what, what keeps me in it. Well, George, for our listeners that don't know about fabric, we'll dive into the huge success and growth and tremendous projects you've put together. But one thing we wanted to kind of try to unpack a little bit is obviously there's a lot of concern out there, maybe not concern, maybe uncertainty and people trying to figure out inflation rates. Our inflation continues to sort of you know, be a, a challenge for a lot of industries, and it's been no secret the development world has dealt with supply chain issues and cost issues. Interest rates aren't great. Over the past six months, primarily, you know, how has your business changed, or how have you had to pivot your business because of all of these, you mean, unforeseen things maybe a year or two years earlier that we didn't anticipate we'd be dealing with right now? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the market is the market has changed substantially right now. And there are a number of things that are impacting our business that are essentially outside of our control. The construction costs have gone up significantly over the past year. Interest rates have have obviously gone up significantly over the past year. City fees have gone up. GBRD is adding new fees. So there's there's just a significant amount of cost that is being added to projects that are currently in stream and projects that you're thinking about taking on stream. So from a construction management perspective for the projects that we already have under construction, I would say it's, it's really increased the amount of time and attention that we need to focus on our projects because you're looking at every scope and trying to get creative and figure out how to keep a lid on construction costs. And with construction, you can mitigate the cost if you, if you sort of sit back and just just allow for, you know, every request 
um, to kind of go unchecked by trades, it your your cost can get out of control. But if you're actively managing it, you can mitigate it to, to in some way. So I'd say that the the workload on existing projects has has increased substantially. Interest rates are just are just basically eating into your margins, which is a shame because there's absolutely nothing that you can do about that. But when it comes to looking at new acquisition opportunities, we're obviously factoring all of those costs into our underwriting. And over and above that, one of the things that is 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 extremely topical in our business right now is there is basically no land financing available out in the market right now. So if you're trying to pop, buy a piece of land, all of the Schedule A lenders are not there. The credit unions are not there. You're looking at going to private lenders at 10 to 12% interest rates, assuming that you're only taking on like a 50% loan to value on the land and, and you're doing, you're using private money to close on land. So, and that's not just for smaller developers, that's for larger developers that are, are second generation, um, property developers that have been in the business for 50 years. So what we're seeing is, we need to take, we need to look at our acquisition differently now. And I think that sellers are, are starting to become more aware of how developers need to acquire land right now. So if we're looking at an acquisition, we have to assume that we're not going to be able to close on the land within the next six months because the land financing market is basically closed right now. So when you look at acquisitions, you need to say, okay, how are we going to factor in all of these new costs, whether that's construction, that's interest rates, that city fees going up? What does that do to the land value? Assuming that the end sale values are the same, maybe even come down a little bit. So that all needs to be factored into your pro forma and it's all influencing the land price. And then we need to basically go, okay, well, how do we bridge the gap between now and when we hope that interest rates might start to come down and we hope that there might be more financing available for land? So when we're approaching our sellers, we're saying, okay, we need conditional periods of somewhere between six to 12 months and we need closing periods that are, that are somewhat similar to that. You know, Jordan, I'm I'm just thinking right now, we just got through a municipal election here in Vancouver. One of the most important issues was housing and creating housing. Based on your explanation, it, it sounds to me like there's never been a more challenging time in, in recent memory to create housing as there is right now for, de- for the development community. In just thinking about how challenging it is out there, and I, I want to get into kind of how Fabric is pivoting and, and how you're making sense of it, but how do you think this plays out for for supply needs in in the region and and what do you think a lot of development companies are going to going to do um it sounds to me like my my first assumption and my my guess is that a lot of these projects are going to be shelved so starting with the starting with the municipal election i don't think that there could have been a better outcome for our city i'm extremely happy that uh, ken sim and the abc team were elected and I think that the numbers really show that this wasn't um, uh, this didn't really come down to the the wire. It, it was it was clear that um, that our city voted in favor of of the ABC team, um, and they got their whole slate, so they're not handcuffed. 
So I think that they're going to be able to make some great decisions. And the thing that I like about the ABC team is they don't lean too far right and they don't lean too far left, which usually means that they're they're a pragmatic bunch. So, uh, and I think that they're they're really looking to attack a lot of our a lot of the issues that we have in the city. So that's great. Um, we couldn't have we couldn't have um, asked for a better outcome there. And I think that if that was not the outcome, uh, there would be a lot of uh, developers and housing creators that, that would have basically just threw, the, threw in the cards and said, we're not developing in Vancouver anymore. And I, I had a lot of conversations with some of my peers about that because it, it's challenging enough. And when you have a political environment where it's not supportive of housing creation, then you know that, that basically deters and disincentivizes developers from taking the risks and developing uh, in in the city of Vancouver. So, so that's one thing. I'm happy about that. On the other hand, the current state of the market is such that even with all of these new land use policies that have come into play, which are incentivizing new housing creation and, and in particular purposeful rental housing creation, the fact that interest rates have gone up as fast as they have are really impacting the ability to build that housing because it is so interest rate sensitive. The federal government, CMHC, um, had provided financing incentives through the RCFI financing lines, which basically allowed for very low interest rates for purposeful rental housing, which essentially un- started unlocking a lot of supply. But as those rates went up, it is really working against developers and their ability to create that housing because rental housing values are really dictated by interest rates. So if interest rates go higher, uh, purposeful rental housing is worth less and it's not economically viable to get it out of the ground. So if interest rates stay this high and get higher, then you can be sure that land is not going to be acquired and put into production by the majority of developers. And land that has already been acquired, developers will just sit on until there's a time in which uh, the economic viability is is there. We take a lot of risk as developers to, to create this housing. We put up a huge amount of our own capital and our friends, families, and associates capital that, that invests alongside us to create this housing. And then we need to sign our life away on these significant loans uh, with lenders to get loans in place to have the capital structure to actually build these major projects in, in the city of Vancouver just to buy the land to create housing. You're, you know, you're kind of minimum $10 million. So, and the project values or project costs are you know, kind of $50 million plus. So it's, it's a huge amount of risk, a huge amount of work. They can take up to five to six years to actually deliver the housing. So it's a, it's a huge segment of your life to do this as well. So, you know, there, there better be a bit of profit at the end because, you know, otherwise you can just sit on the couch and eat potato chips and give your money to a, to a wealth manager to, you know, deliver you 5% a year. Why, why take on all the risk and, and all the work and spend a significant amount of your life? trying to create the housing if there's if there's not going to be any in, in economic incentive to do so. We're not solely driven by the economic incentive, but but it is a major factor. Of course. 
Joy, you were, you were talking there about the challenges in the acquisition side of the business. You know, from fabric standpoint, you mean you guys have done an incredible job with your growth. You just acquired a great site out there in the Trout Lake area, and we'll talk about that. What's fabric looking for right now? Are you on an acquisition hunt right now, knowing the current environment, or is it more of a pens down? Let's start. But before I let you answer that, I, I, I usually just show up at the studio. I double gun salute. At Adam and Matt do all the research for everything. But I, before we had you come on, I wanted to do my research. So we had you on episode 14. This is episode 70. So that gives us wow. 56 episodes between that, which represents one year and four weeks. And I quote when we had Jordan last time, he makes sure he touches base with every commercial agent once a year Uh-oh. and the top 20% Uh-oh. every three months. <laughs> One year and four weeks has gone by, and I have not got a call from Jordan McDonald. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that I just do management now. This I don't is do that any transactions. Call. This is that call. But you, you know what? I, I, I'm going to I'm going to debate that point because I think I think that I did call you, and I think that's why I'm here right now on this call. So I might have to um, I might have to pull my phone record and uh, highlight that and we're gonna and, we're gonna uh, give you a pass anyways because I I'm that I'm just in the management your, uh, side of the business post. now I'm never I'm not doing the deals anymore I'm just I'm just signing papers at this point so we'll give you a pass but I just wanted to bring it up yeah. <laughs> that the top twenty percent get a call every three months three months every broker who's anybody gets a call once a year one year four weeks. I get a call from Jordan McDonald <laughs> for a podcast. You know what? You know what's funny about that is uh, is I may be a little late, but that is on my to do list to start those calls again. So, <laughs> well, well, we'll give you a pass on that. But getting back to the question, there, what's Fabric doing right now? You mean you talked about the challenges on the financing side? You mean you guys are still obviously out there acquiring? You know how are you acquiring, and what is the strategy to acquire, and what are you looking for? For sure. So. You know, there's a, there's a great book by a guy named Ryan Holiday. He also uh, wrote a couple other books. One is Ego is the Enemy, and I think the other one was Stillness is the Key. But um, I, I love the term, the obstacle is the way, because it's it's just so true. And, and in this circumstance, it's, it's also true. So the obstacle is is, the, is getting land financing is, is next to impossible. As I'd mentioned Costs are increasing across the board, whether it's construction, it's interest rates, it's municipal fees, it's all sorts of things. There's new consultants that are seem to be re, uh, required on every project that we do. So I'd say the, the obstacle is the fact that you, you can't finance the, the acquisition of this land and your costs are increasing. So what does that mean? Well, your land prices are starting to come down a bit, is what I'm saying. And they're not directly elastic with with bottom line diminishing, um, like they are with revenue increasing. If condo sales go up and the land is like within a hot minute has adjusted to that new reality and, uh, and land prices go up. Whereas when, you know, uh, condo prices go down or revenue go down or costs go up, the land doesn't come down to reflect that new reality immediately. It's a lot stickier on the way down, but it does come down a bit. And so we are starting to see a lot of land opportunities at pricing that we haven't seen for about five years. So we are really excited about that. 
the margins, if you're using today's numbers for revenue and cost, still don't look glowing. But if you make the assumption that in the future, interest rates are going to start to come down again once inflation has has been mitigated, the margins start to look really good. Yeah. But the problem is, is that you can't close on the land today unless you're getting land financing at, at 10% plus, which is just a very risky endeavor. And that's even if that land financing money is going to be there, because even the private lenders are, are having less and less equity to deploy into, uh, into land deals. They have enough like really good deals in, in other segments of the market to deploy their money towards. So what we're seeing is, and this isn't just me, this is, this is the entire industry, this is the entire market. So a lot of these vendors that have their, their land in the market, they're going, why aren't we getting any offers? Okay, we'll come down a bit on our price. And oh, okay, we're, we're still not getting any offers. We'll come down a little bit more. And then once they start to get offers, all developers are basically offering with the same terms because how are you going to close on the land unless it's cash? And, and basically nobody buys land with 100% cash. The, the land values are just too high to do that. So we are structuring our, uh, our deals and, and as is the entire industry right now so that you have more time on your conditional period and you have more time on your closing period. And that's not only required because the because the state of the market and there there is no land finding financing available. It's also required because you know using the Broadway plant for an example. So you know this is one of the largest new land use policy initiatives that's rolled out in the city of Vancouver since the West End. On September first, you were allowed to submit a letter of inquiry to the city. If you had a site that you wanted to redevelop, and so you basically work with your you work with an architect and you put together massing studies, um, and um, and you know you're showing what the floor plates are going to look like, what the setbacks are going to look like, et cetera, et cetera, um, and then you submit a, a big package to the city, you know, fifty plus pages, and then the city takes that, and that'll take you somewhere between two and three months to put together, three months to do it properly. And then once it's been submitted to the city, the city looks at that package and they, they take, they're supposed to take about three to four months, but it's looking like five to six months right now because on September 1st for the Broadway plan, they had 70 applications on that, on that day. And I've heard that they're up, up, up over a hundred now. So they're backlogged and they, they're basically analyzing all of these packages, which of these submissions basically fit the requirements of the Broadway plan policy. And then they're going to provide a response in sort of that five to six month time. So that alone is nine months before we as a developer will understand if we even have a site that can be developed for the policy. And when you're buying this land, you're buying it, paying a price based on a value that assumes that you can build to the density that is outlined in the plan. If the city gets back in and says, you know what? We appreciate uh, the submission, but the height is too high or, you know, the adjacencies, it doesn't make sense or, you know, for whatever reason, your project is not going to be supported by planning. You might have spent $100,000 on on your due diligence and your submission to the city, and they'll tell you that, that this one's not going to work. But that could be nine months before you even know that. So the last thing that you want to do or are able to do is have a short conditional period 
and remove subjects and put up large amounts of non-refundable money getting ready to close only to find out that that you bought a you know a couple of single family homes that are worth maybe you know a fraction of what they would be worth with uh, with a higher density so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons that more time is required when acquiring land right now but like i said the obstacle is the way so all of those all of those impediments to development are also creating a lot of opportunities right now whereas light the land prices are regulating to a value that starts to make a lot more sense than it did over the past couple of years and then the terms give the developer the opportunity to figure out if the site is a reality and it gives the land seller an opportunity to recognize the higher value for the property than it would be as existing use. I love that that idea of the obstacles, the way, and it makes me think about um, our new premier, David David Eby, who is talking about a lot of housing initiatives and and has a pretty elaborate plan that will likely be coming into play in the near future. Um, and it, it we were talking about it at the office, and and one of the one of the guys had said, you know, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities that come out of these initiatives, even though a lot of them seem quite restrictive or potentially punitive. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Now in, in thinking about where you want to acquire land geographically, Jordan, where are you monitoring and, and where are you most excited about right now? We've really carved out a niche for ourselves in East Vancouver. And that was quite, I would say intentionally, but Originally, we didn't think that we were that it would really come together that way. We, we always said we love East Vancouver, we love the unique little neighborhoods, we love the the creative vibe that it has, and the, the sort of younger entrepreneurial businesses and the younger, more entrepreneurial people, and like the the eclecticism of it all. And so, our desire was to was to do projects in East Vancouver, but we didn't think that that we'd be so lucky to have all of our projects taking place in East Vancouver. We thought. You know, it's hard to find good sites that at, at values that make sense to have an economically viable project and and to get into the neighborhoods that, that you want to be creating housing in. So we thought that we might need to be reaching out into other markets. But we've just been we've been lucky in the sense that we have we started doing projects in East Vancouver. Um, we've had some success doing that. And I think that through that, our our brand has become synonymous with East Vancouver. So it's created a bit of a vacuum four new opportunities in East Vancouver. And so now we're we're just super happy that that we have so much brand awareness in East Vancouver, in particular with the with the brokerage community. So that when a new land deal comes up in East Vancouver, we typically get the you know first or second call on that. So, you know, over the next over the coming years, we're certainly going to stay focused in in East Vancouver. There's specific neighborhoods in East Vancouver that we're we're most excited about, um, which is, which is certainly like the call it the commercial drive area or Granby Woodlands, if you want to call it that. Cedar Cottage, uh, Mount Pleasant. These are some of the neighborhoods that we're that we're really excited about. Um, the the projects that we develop are they're not super small in scale, but they're also not like really large in scale. Our, our typical project is kind of in the sort of fifty to a hundred homes. Um, often there's a there's a commercial component to the project as well. So yeah, we're trying to stay focused with that and and allow that kind of energy to build in East Vancouver. So you know our litmus test for when we're looking at a site is 
Is it in East Vancouver? Is it a really cool neighborhood that we're really excited about? Does it have kind of a minimum project size? Because if the project size is is too small, it makes it really challenging for us to have economies of scale to 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 be able to invest in kind of like a cooler architecture and 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 better interior design and better amenities in the building. So we need to kind of have a minimum scale to it. Call it a you know let's call it fifty homes, and then uh, and then we'll do we'll build townhomes. Four-story, six-story condo, purpose-built rental, but because the Broadway plan has also added so much density to the corridor as it relates to East End, basically between between Main Street and uh, Clark Drive, we've been active trying to acquire sites in that plan area that uh, that allow for a higher density and which would be a concrete building form. And and in particular, the sites that are kind of up to up to twenty stories, and we're looking at that specifically as a purpose-built rental development concept. And so that typically has about eighty percent of the homes that are delivered are at current market rents, and then twenty percent are at twenty percent below the current citywide average. In thinking about your multifamily residential buildings, what role do the commercial components have and and how important is the commercial uh, in in those projects yeah it's funny from a purpose-built rental perspective the the commercial space on just kind of call it on an economic model um, is is something that actually kind of works against the valuation of the project in 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 many circumstances just from from financing mixed use it's not it's not as straightforward as as, as financing a hundred percent rental and and call it the values associated with the commercial can, I mean, depending on where it is, but can often be, we'll say, worth less than the than the residential component of the building. But from that's just from the economic standpoint. From from the community standpoint, which is which is where we really try to lean in. We we love that component of the project, and it's something that we pay so much attention to because if you just think about you know you're walking let's let's use the Broadway plan as an example. You're walking past the 20 story building. You know, you're not walking down the street looking up. You're walking down the street looking beside you, and what's directly in front of you? What's at your what's at your your eye height? Which for me is probably only about five feet. For Adam, maybe Corey, a little Corey higher too. Than that. Yeah, I was saying, you're <laughs> yeah, not Corey too far too. off, Jordan. I think I think when I bumped into you on the street, I think I was looking up to you. So don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so it's. I mean, that's so important to us because it's it's like okay, well that that's going to be what what people see. That's what the neighbors are going to see on a daily basis. Um, so just what does the facade of that building look like? But then what does the animation of it look like? And then how do the actual businesses become part of that? You know, I'm going to use the term, but become part of that um, urban fabric. And and how do they how do they act as a true amenity to the neighborhood? That they're being placed in. So for us, we're always going like, how can we make these commercial spaces in our project, although they're delivering, being delivered for for, for rent or for sale, and we can't choose exactly what businesses go to uh, move into these spaces. We try to influence the the businesses that that want to occupy these spaces by through our marketing and through our outreach. But we we're really cognizant about going like these commercial tenants and these businesses are defining the public realm in this neighborhood and truly becoming an amenity to not only the neighborhood, but the building itself. So even if you're looking at a, you know, a 
say, a 20-story building and you've got ground floor commercial, it's a very, call it from a financial aspect, like a very kind of insignificant component of the of the revenue of the building. There's a lot of attention paid to it. I would say uh, disproportionately higher attention paid to it than uh, than the makeup of it in in the entire project itself, just because of how important it is to the urban fabric of that neighborhood. Jordan, you guys are carving out and you, you already have carved out and continue to carve out a great name for fabric in the East Vancouver market there with your unique designs and all that. Do you ever see fabric expanding maybe outside of the greater Vancouver area, maybe into like a Fraser Valley market or maybe an island market or even a BC interior market? You know, we've, we, we, we certainly talk about those kinds of things around the office and it's, um, it, it can be, you know, we can have some heated debates about that and, and what is, what meets the brand of fabric. And, and, you know, we often look at a site that might be in Abbotsford or something like that. And it goes, wow, you know, you could make, you could make some good money doing this. And then, and then the, the term that we always like to, to use is, well, you know, you could probably make good money making cat food too. Um, so we we're we're really cognizant of 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 what is an on brand project for fabric, and before we we would move into a, a market like Nanaimo or Chilliwack or Surrey for that matter, I think that we would be uh, more likely. Not that we're looking at this now, and not that it's in our you know that we have this as a as a goal in our five year business plan or anything like that, because we don't. But if I'm just kind of speaking candidly, um, we would probably look to markets that were re- really true analogs to East Vancouver. Um, so like Toronto and Leslieville or, you know, parts of, and again, not to say that we would go cross border because, it, it, you know, we, that, that would be, you know, that something that we haven't even discussed internally. But like it, if the parts of uh, Los Angeles that have that kind of real kind of juxtaposition between this like grittiness but these but this like uh beautiful architecture um down in LA um or uh or down in like uh Austin and so there I would say that there's there's other markets that have analogs to East Vancouver and what we do which is which is build these kind of cool creative projects in these cool creative neighborhoods that attract cool creative people and and just allows us to be really passionate about our projects. We find that whenever it comes down to just going, okay, we could make money doing this. The money is important because it needs your project needs to be economically viable so that our business can be here today and it can be here tomorrow. If you do a project that is you're really passionate about but doesn't make any money, well, you can go bankrupt doing that and you might not survive as a business. And and then people, a lot of people lose jobs. So that's uh, the money is important. It is the project first and the neighborhood first that we're passionate about and that we're going to wake up every morning excited about what we do. And we can lean into the minutia and the granular details of the project on a daily basis because we're excited about it. So I guess the the long-winded answer to your question is, would we look at another market in the future? It's possible, but it would need to be on brand for fabric which is like that East Vancouver, cool, creative, younger vibe. So I, I got a suggestion for you then. Here's where I see the next fabric outside of Vancouver. Picture Brewery Row in Port Moody, and you got a fabric boutique build right between the breweries. 
You could, you could, yeah, that's, no. that's a fabric <laughs> brand right there. Is that, that's, is that it? Adam you, will you, buy it. proving why he's getting one call a year. Yeah, here. this, <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't even get a call this past year. Then yeah. you're proving that. <laughs> exactly. Are, are you selling me on a site right now? Do you have no, I, I honestly, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Jordan, is I got, a, I got an email from Byron Chard about, um, to what we were talking about, but then he made reference to their new building on West Broadway. He's like, "Oh, did you get an invite to our event?" And I'm like, "I don't get phone calls anymore. I don't get invites anymore. I don't get. I'm just a withered old man sitting there at signs papers at this point. But I'm, I don't even get listings. I don't this know what's going song. on. This but, is a swan <laughs> song. But but I see a fabric, beautiful development with great great animated retail." Right next to like Yellow Dog Brewery and Port Moody there. So there, there's there's my <laughs> suggestion if it ever comes available. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, I, so, I'm standing by waiting yeah. for that phone so, call. It's fair to say after that, Jordan won't call me this year either. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know what though? And just just to, to that point, um, that 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 little neighborhood in Port Moody has a bit of interest, and then two other neighborhoods in in Vancouver that have that have been of interest to us are Lower Lawn Sale, and then. Um, and then Burnaby Heights, so like just kind of along East Hastings there um, in Burnaby. So Adam's looking at me. Analog neighborhoods. Those are two fantastic neighborhoods for sure. Adam's looking at me. I'm not as dumb as I look, do I? Now, see, <laughs> see, I, I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm like inside the fabric boardroom. You just don't know it. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe as a final question, Jordan, before we get to the six pack. Thinking about just what you're you, you're working on a lot right now, and if we it's, it's actually kind of overwhelming when you think about it. You guys got, have a lot on the go. Is there one project or, or one site that you're you're particularly excited about right now that you want to talk about? Yeah, we have um, we have acquired a fairly significant um, site right near Trout Lake. It's about um, it's about 150 meters east of John Henry Park, which is where Trout Lake is. And so the site basically fronts on to Grandview Greenway, which is which is a which is a great little not little bike lane, it's a huge bike lane that basically connects downtown Vancouver to to New Westminster. But it is six hundred and fifty meters from the Renfrew Skytrain station. It's it's super close to Trout Lake. You're right on a bike lane that connects you over to uh, commercial drive and uh, just a couple uh, minutes by a bike. And so we're going to be building, we're going to be building a townhouse project there. Um, we're in the process of building out the presentation center, which is going to be on commercial drive. We haven't yet launched this project. This is still, uh, still preliminary. The, the presentation center is still under construction. Um, if you go on our website, you'll see that the, that we, that we mentioned the project, but we haven't, we haven't started advertising for it or anything. There is the ability to register on, the website, but we, but like I said, we haven't, we haven't actually launched it yet, but it's going to be, it's going to have, um, garden one beds. It's going to have two and three bedroom townhomes that have rooftop decks with a, with a great common courtyard. And it's going to be a ground oriented project. So assembly is, is, was a project that we did in Strathcona, which is, which is a great project where the townhomes actually sit on top of the commercial space. This is more of a ground oriented project where you can access your garden flat. And in some of your townhomes, basically right off of right off of the street front, or you just walk up a few stairs into the common courtyard, and then your townhome is right there. So um, it's going to be it's going to be a great project that is going to really cater itself to to families that um, that want to have a, a two or three bedroom home with a 
with a lot of outdoor space at, at, at an achievable price point. Jordan, before we let all of our guests go, we have a, a six pack of lighthearted questions so we can get to know you a little bit more outside of uh, the office here. Do you have just a few more minutes for us? Yes. One yeah. thing though, did yes. I mention the name of the project? I don't think I mentioned oh, the sorry. name of the project, oh, sorry. which would be yeah. a myth. Yeah. No, go uh, ahead. It, go ahead. Yeah. It is called, it's called The Cut. The Cut. Yeah. And I, I would encourage listeners if you know to go to fabrics website and take a look at this project because it is extremely well located i i would say it's kind of a unique piece of land jordan would you say that because it, it's kind of like an l shape versus a traditional rectangle or square that you would see so i think it's going to yield some really really amazing type it's also missing middle product which oh, is what it, we need right it ticks on so many boxes so i would encourage all the listeners that if you haven't yet heard of fabric or aware of their projects to go check them out because George, you guys are doing great work. And that, I think that cut project is going to be tremendous. Yeah. Appreciate it. And so it's the, the website for the project itself is the, the cut Fantastic. So six pack, can you stick around for that? You bet. The six pack is powered by our good friends over at red point law, red point law, Corey, Tim Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Okay, George, first question up, and I know you're a busy guy. If you do find the time, where are you going for vacation? I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll, I'll <laughs> All right. a prediction though. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have a we have a family house down in, in Tulum, Mexico. Um oh, had nice. that for probably twelve years. So we we've been we typically we typically go there, although Tulum has changed a lot since uh, my family bought that that place. So it's it's changed a lot, but so we, we typically do get down there um, uh, once or twice a year, which we love. But um, uh, really been getting into really been getting into Mexico City, um, and then uh, was able to take a trip to Greece this summer, which I absolutely loved. So we're going to be going going back to Greece this uh, this next summer. So that's a, wow. that's a couple for you. But um, yeah, I've, uh, I hadn't really done the European thing properly before, and went to Greece and absolutely loved it. So, um, nice. so that might be finding its way into our. Uh, our yearly repertoire uh, more often. Mexico City, I find, is uh, is is a great one as well. Just because I everyone I talk to that actually goes there, we we went there a couple of years ago and had a great time. But there's just so much to do, and it's such a vibrant city as well. So that's a great great recommendation. Number two, uh, what are you currently binge watching on Netflix, or is there a movie recommendation? You know, I um, I not to say that I haven't binge watched uh movies and shows in the past but i i haven't been doing it over the past couple of years i've been doing more binge reading so um uh i'll have to i'll have to i'll have to go to that so i'm, I'm yeah. just finishing up shoe dog hence my uh yeah my reference earlier um and then uh and shantaram as well which is actually their which is actually coming out uh with a movie on apple from what i understand i didn't know that till i started reading it so um so yeah shantaram and uh shoe dog yeah, shoot a good book. Good book. Now, when we had you on episode 14, and again, as part of my research, I had to go back and make sure I had all this stuff. You kicked off a trend, and you probably don't realize the trend you kicked off. But 
when we asked you last time who your favorite band was, you said something that I'm already a Jordan McDonald fan. When he told me this, I had to go download it. I had the best Peloton session the next morning. Do you remember what your favorite <laughs> band or song was last time we had you on? I do, yeah. Yeah, do. so we was, had we uh, had yeah. Roddy Rich, which is like a, <laughs> yeah. like a gangster-type rapper. And the trend you kicked <laughs> off is a lot of our guests who were successful in some facet of the commercial real estate world all listened to gangster rap. Or, or hip hop, yeah. Or hip hop, and yeah. that was a trend that 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 you started. It was followed by other people, and we started to see a consistency there. But that Roddy Rich sign or song, I had the best Peloton session the next morning. That probably led to me breaking the Peloton <laughs> at some point. So, so, so we're going to give you a chance to to update favorite band or song. What's what's Jordan McDonald listening to in twenty twenty two? Oh boy. Um... Well, I am going to, uh, I am going to, so I still, so I still listen to that song. still love it. Yeah. Project Dreams by Roddy Rich. Great song. But I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go in a completely different direction because I was in, um, I was in Greece and in particular Mykonos this summer and, and, uh, and was listening to some really good house music. Um, there's a group called, uh, Stavros and there's a song called The Finishing and it's just like a super chill, mellow song. I, I was listening to this this DJ when uh, the sun was going down and it was just, uh, it was just super calm and mellow. And it's just like a, they, they basically, it's a DJ, but they, they play, they play instruments at the same time. And so it's just, if you're like, just it's, it, if you're just trying to like, like get, get some reading done or just hammer through some work, uh, this is like a really mellow song. So it's probably the exact opposite, but you know, I, I love the juxtaposition of things. So. I, I can uh, see yeah, Corey probably. on his Spotify right now. He's just, uh, he's, he'll take a Jordan McDonald recommendation. You, oh. you changed his <laughs> life with that Roddy Rich. Oh yeah. Yeah. He put spinners on his, on his Jeep here. So it's <laughs> <Yeah>. a, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> next, uh, next is, uh, you're on death row. What's going to be your, your last meal? On death row and my last meal. I'm going to have to. After a last meal, I'd probably go with uh, I'd go with like a spaghetti bolognese. I would just yeah, and I would eat a lot of it. That's that's a good one. Is anywhere anyone in particular you're ordering that spaghetti from bolognese? The spaghetti bolognese. That uh, would I would just be the spaghetti bolognese that my uh, that my wife makes. Oh, nice. safe answer, <laughs> safe answer. I'm gonna <laughs> kick. I'm, I'm gonna kick right now. Where I'm ordering the spaghetti bolognese with baked cheese from Boston Pizza <laughs> on oh, a pretty regular oh, yeah. basis. <laughs> That's, that's Jordan's <laughs> calories for the week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, George. So you're sitting in Mykonos. You've had a couple of drinks. The sun's going down. Someone gives you a karaoke mic. What song are you singing? Um, or or, I'm, I'm or, singing, or rapping. Uh, what I'm, song are you singing or rapping? Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, I'm definitely rapping. Um, that would be uh, that'd be Regulators by Warren G. Nice. Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> and a final and a final question for you: something that you've bought for under fifteen hundred dollars lately that's had a, a positive impact on your life. And you can you can push that up to twenty five if you have to because of inflation. So you can take your pick. Well, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term chuggy, but um, one of my friends in my office started telling me that I was chuggy, and I, I said, "What is that?" And they said, "It's when you're an older." When you're an older person and you're a little bit like out of touch with what's with what's cool, and I was like, oh, okay, so that's. And they're like, yeah, for example, your your skinny jeans, and so I was like, oh, and they're like, yeah, no, skinny jeans are out, and so I was like, 
okay. So I, uh, I, I started feeling pretty insecure about my skinny jeans. So, so I actually went to the Gap and I bought a pair of straight leg jeans for fifty dollars. So I'd say uh, those of those 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 jeans have uh, have made me look not so chewy yeah. and may, maybe change my and, life. And, a the, and bit. the respect level you now have around the <laughs> office is priceless. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Heather is uh, Heather is calling me chewy. Um, well, probably still as much, and maybe more now that I got them. But uh, anyways, a pair of straight leg jeans to try to 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 try to get stay current. Well, I, 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 I never knew how to describe myself, and now I have a word "chuggy" yeah, is how exactly. I describe myself now. <laughs> so, so Jordan, how can people find out more about Fabric, and of course, what what you're up to? Yeah, um, I follow our follow our Instagram. That's that's a really good way to um, to stay up to speed with what we're doing. We're always posting to that, so that's kind of real time stuff about our projects that are under construction and new acquisitions and people and initiatives and all sorts of stuff. So. Uh, I think uh, you can follow us on Instagram. It's uh, uh, life at fabric. Um, you can also check us out on our website, which is uh, basically fabricliving.ca. Um, or you can follow me on my my Instagram as well. I have a personal Instagram. We don't uh, I don't post as much, um, but it's just uh, Jordan Ing Mac. So Jordan I N G M A C, and and I post about some of the stuff that we're doing as well. So those are a few good ways to stay up to speed. Amazing, Jordan. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us. We know you're a busy guy. Another amazing episode. And it's great to hear that you guys are doing so well and shedding some light on the challenges that your industry has uh, you know, currently dealing with. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again for having me, guys. And um, and although we are we're dealing with some challenges now, it's it, it always feels like uh, you know, whenever we're going through something, whether it was 2008, 2009 or whether it was COVID or even, even 2018, 2019, when the market started to slow down, you know, there's, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. It always seems worse than it is when you're right in the thick of it. And we're, you know, things are challenging now and we need to come up with, with mechanisms to keep moving the ball, moving the ball forward with new acquisitions and, and continuing to create um, new housing. But you know, things are, things are going to get better. It's not going to be like this forever. Yep, I agree with you. Well, Jordan, thanks so much once again for your time today. We really appreciate it, and we wish you the best of luck. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Jordan. Take care. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Jordan McDonald, CEO, founder, Fabric. You know, incredible episode. I, I love that you're going to have a, like, everyone's got their, I've got all my my Spotify uh, playlists. You're yeah. going to have one that just is called Jordan McDonald recommendations. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see you, I could see you scrolling when he said that. And and uh, dare I say that Jordan got you, he made you a hip hop head. Oh, I, I'll be honest. You were with you. already a sneaker head. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sne- yeah, that sneaker head for sure. I hadn't heard of Roddy Rich before. Right. And he came on the episode, on episode 14, and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I went and I looked it up and I can't remember if I was driving. This is a true story. I remember if I was driving somewhere and I guess, yeah. you know, your volume's a little too loud yeah. and the song comes on and it's got a really good beat. I'm kind of like into it yeah. and I look over and I can't imagine these like 20 year olds that were parked next to me. I got rap music blaring right, right in my car. Yeah. I went home the next day and I had the Peloton session of a lifetime listening to that you song. Put, you over. put the car on deep yeah. dish. Yeah. yeah. And and this is this <laughs> is the this is the thing. I think the correlation, if I had to guess, yeah. is that rap music is incredibly motivational. Yeah. Right. Totally. I mean, there's a reason every gym. It's funny. Our we go to F forty five and yeah. I know guys on your team uh own an F forty five studio in Victoria, but the playlists are basically all nineties rap. 
yep. in a lot of cases, right? Yeah. And remixes of 90s rap. Dare we say that we had kind of the best era growing up oh, with yeah. uh, 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, but it's all super motivational. It's like the best yeah. gym music. It's awesome uh, if you're in business and you want to motivate yourself. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Well, if you go on the Peloton, they have a great class called Bad Boy Entertainment, which it's like the old Puff Daddy, Notorious B.I.G. May oh, yeah? song. Oh, it's great. I we, do. The, we, we had an amazing, amazing, amazing era of music. Oh yeah, fantastic! All right, Corey. Well, what do we what do we got before we cut for the day? How if somebody's looking to get in touch about commercial real estate, and I'm going to say across the province because really across you guys are everywhere now. now. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, how can people get in touch? They can uh, reach out to our head office in Vancouver anytime 604-428-5255. Let us know where they're looking to go, and we'll put you in touch with the best agent throughout the province for your asset. They can visit our website williamwright.ca, or they can send me an email at Corey at williamwright.ca. Always happy to talk real estate and hear your thoughts all about the show. Fantastic. Well, we've got some great episodes coming up in the in the near future. And thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy, guys. Thanks so much. Subscribe today.